is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. All right, I am so excited. Today on the podcast, I have Sarah Furman. How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to chat with you. So again, another amazing woman that I met through my business coach. Um, we met back in Boston several months ago and excited to have you today. So I like to get started and just kind of hear more about what fitness was like for you growing up. Were you always an athlete, like in elementary school, and no. high school? No, no, I was, um, I was the fat kid in school and you know, I'm, I, man, I still have nightmares about the president's physical fitness test. Can't stand it. That mile run. Oh yeah. no, Lord, please. No, let me just get the flu that day or something, or maybe the school will burn down and I won't have to do it. I mean, yeah, I could nail the sit-ups. That was like the only thing I could do well. Everything else I absolutely hated. Um, I didn't really discover fitness until I got into college. And I went to college in Boston and there was a gym um, not too far away from me that had group aerobics, which was, and granted, I'm like older than stone tools, okay? So this was back in the 80s. <laughs> and um, group aerobics was pretty new, but I got into a class and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my jam. I absolutely loved it. Started going. And then at the same time, I had a friend across the hall who was a runner. And um, she said, hey, let's go out and run sometimes. So we did that. And I wasn't that great at it. I'm not, I, I think I was born without fast twitch fibers. Sprinting has never been anything I can do, but we would just go out and run and that was really fun too. And so I just sort of developed a rhythm over time doing that. And um, yeah, and then I continued into it as an adult and I, I always found a gym wherever I was. Um, and the rest is sort of history, but we can go into that later. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so popular. The the aerobics and the step aerobics is like the entryway mm -hmm. to fitness and running too. I think that a lot of people kind of get into it through those um, those avenues. So you're not doing aerobics anymore these days, I'm guessing. Well, I, not that not the kind that we're talking about. Yeah. No, um, but I do teach indoor rowing classes, and actually our classes are typically on and off the machine. Like actually, this morning we just did a workout that was. A minute of rowing, tag your partner, go do something else like a kettlebell swing or a sit up or some, or a push up or whatever was your turn. So I'm still in that group X, group X environment, and I just there's just nothing like it. I love it. I have to admit, I just love the energy you get in a room. Um, and now that I'm an instructor, I love being the one who helps people work a little bit harder, harder, feel a little more inspired, get their sweat on, get their day going. It's awesome. How is that experience different than the one you had in elementary school? Because <laughs> I think like elementary, like PE class was supposed to be this group group fitness class, but yeah, no, it was. Well, when it was kickball, it was that was yeah. fun. But I think because in a group X class, you're not being tested on anything. It's really just get in there, do your thing, and whatever it is, running group, you know, group exercise, whatever sort of fitness thing it is you're really basically competing against yourself unless you're in some kind of a race. So I didn't have to worry about the fact that I was the last one. There, there is no such thing as a last one. You just do the class and it ends and, and you know, everybody's probably working in a different intensity, but um, certainly in rowing, it's especially true that um, you can have 20 people in a room, 
all rowing together, all rowing at a different intensity, and it really doesn't matter. So I think there was something there. And then I also think there's something about finally getting that sense of, of um, finding a way that was fun for me. I really think that is essential in fitness. Whatever you decide to do, if it isn't fun, there's just no point. And that's what, that's what we teach like our instructors and all that kind of stuff. You have to make your classes fun because otherwise people won't come back. And really, yeah, we're looking to sweat. Yes, we're looking to get stronger. Yes, we're looking to lose fat or get fitter or whatever it is. But also, aren't we all really looking for some community and an endorphin rush and just something to feel better at the end of it um, and to feel better for whatever the rest of our day is? I think that's a really big part of it. That's huge. I'm picturing, um, I started going to this treadmill class here in Chicago mm-hmm. where there's like 12 treadmills set up and it's so empowering because it's like the gal next to me, next to me could be running like a six minute mile and I could be just like, like a 12 minute mile, like do, 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 but we're still right next to each other versus right. if we're out running, like I would never even met this girl if we're like out on a trail, like we're not <laughs> yeah. in a group. So that's exactly. a really powerful experience. Exactly. And it's that shared thing. It's that shared suffering or that shared, just that shared sweat or whatever. There's just something that is so, it's just so much bigger than fitness, I think. That's what I love about it too. Mm -hmm. And I came into fitness from my career before this. This is like my fourth career or something. I've been a journalist with the Associated Press. I've been a, um, I've done reputation management for, you know, fortune 500 companies, front page issues, all this kind of stuff. But, um, one of the things I love about fitness is that everybody can do it and really everybody should be doing it. And, you know, I'm not afraid to go into a cocktail party, let's say, or a picnic or something and talk to people about it and say, Hey, what are you doing to keep yourself moving? Because, Everybody needs to be doing it. And what I used to do before, it was, you know, I sort of had to take the temperature of the room before I could talk about what I was working on. Or I had, sometimes I just knew things that, like when I worked for the Associated Press, I knew things sometimes that I couldn't say anything about. But fitness, you can talk to everybody about that. Everybody's got a story. Mm-hmm. And there are always hearts to be won over because there's always somebody who's like, oh, I hate working out. I'm like, hey, come work out with me. It'll be fun. <laughs> so what brought you to rowing? How did you get started with that? That's a great story. So um, so I lived in St. Louis for a long time. And then um, I've lived other places around the world. But I never really got into it until I moved 10 years ago to where I live now, which is a very small town in northern Michigan. I am across Lake Superior from Canada. Um, I always like to tell people, to give them a sense of it, that my nearest target is two hours away. Oh, no. <laughs> I know it's awful. There's no way I ever could have done this before the internet. I will tell you that Amazon's my best friend. Um, But I was looking for a gym and this town, my town is small and we have like 7,000 people. And so people were, were recommending places to go and stuff. And I got recommended to one and I looked it up and it was a certified spin facility. I'm really not a spinner. It's not my thing. But I thought, well, if they're certified in spin, they must have a general idea of what they're doing in fitness in general. So I went over there 
And I happened to hit it at a time that they were doing um, this thing called the World Earth Challenge. It's an international rowing challenge. One month, make your team row as many meters as you can. And um, the woman who ran the gym, who later became my business partner, um, just the, she just took over the whole gym with this thing. Everybody was involved. It was this massive thing. And of course, I got sucked into it. And then I, I got the bug, basically. I just, I loved it. Um, actually, over the course of that month, because I was rowing so much, I lost like 10 pounds or something. I don't know. Um, and then I just kept doing it and doing it and I lost a bunch more weight and, and, but I also just loved how it made me feel. I still love how it makes me feel. It's been 10 years and there's just something about the this, the rhythm of it, the synchronicity, the sound, everything about it, um, just totally sucked me in. That's the, that's the short story. And then, um, I really dove in when, um, our, her fitness, my partner's facility was closing. And, um, I said, this is pretty, um, pretty ballsy of me to do this, but I said, I think you can be bigger than our little town in Michigan and I can help you do it. And long story short, we ended up teaming up and, um, we built our company and we're doing great things with it. And here we are. Yeah. That's huge. How many years ago was that? So this is the 10th year. Uh, I'm starting the 10th year of You Can Row Too. That's awesome. Yeah. That I, I talk about the internet a lot. Like, I just think the internet is just so cool. Like, the way it just it connects us and it makes so many things possible that we just didn't even know. And I know Gary oh, totally. Say, like, you know, we don't even, this internet thing, like, we don't even know. And it's like, well, it's been around for, like, 20 years. What do you mean we don't even know? And he's like, this is just the surface level of what's possible. So like, what is, what does it look like? How are you opening things up for your gym um, besides just your small town? So um, the, we do different things. We have, we do have classes that we run here locally that I teach. Um, and we, we sort of think of this as our living lab. But then we certify instructors all over the U S and Canada. And we have, those are all in person. And then we have online programs that we do where you can, um, you know, with Facebook groups and, you know, we have Facebook groups that you can just submit video to of you willing and get help and stuff like that. So it's sort of a combination of live in-person things and things that you can do online. And we're talking about maybe taking some of our uh, instructor training online, but I but it's going to be done really carefully because at the same time as I love the internet, I also think sometimes especially in fitness that in-person piece where you can have an actual person live right there with you helping you do it correctly is super important yeah and rowing is technical it's not um you know we don't we grow up running or yeah we grow up running biking walking all that stuff swimming but we don't grow up rowing and learning the technique is challenging sometimes mm -hmm. so you gotta you gotta learn how to do it right um and at the same time, you got to keep it fun. Yeah. How do you keep your classes fun for people? Like, why are they, like, why would someone want that versus another gym experience? Um, because they want the, um, they love the sound of the rowing machine and the synchronicity of it, the movement of it. It's a total body workout um, that is super effective, but it's also non-impact. So we get a lot of people coming to our classes who are, um, 40 plus or 
they have had babies or they have bad knees or hip issues or whatever, or they're just looking for a really hard workout. Um, they want to do something that will sort of be a quick hit that they can do quickly and, and know that they're hitting all the right areas of their body and rowing is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Like we have some 15 minute workouts that are awesome and you really do get it all done in 15 minutes. Plus your warm up. not going to lie, get a warm up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's huge. But it being something like that, that's something you can do that's sustainable. And I love that. And I talked a little bit about, um, on the podcast before about how, I, you know, I went from zero to 100 and I, I don't regret everything, anything, cause it's my story, but it's like, I went from not running to running a hundred miles in a row or running a marathon Ooh. and like pushing myself, pushing my body and then like, ugh, like burning out one and then two, like getting hurt because my uh-huh. strength was not up there to be doing the things I was doing in my body. So if someone's hurt with running or someone's body is not strong like why is rowing something good for runners oh it's beautiful for runners um it's first of all it's it's the perfect cross training exercise because it is non-impact but you are at the same time working a lot of the same muscles so it's not like you're completely losing ground if you go if you get on a rowing machine um in fact you're just you're training the running muscles a little bit differently but then you're also adding in all that upper body um, and I've done some reading about it too. And there's some people who say that it's, it's really nice for midline strength and that rowing can really help runners correct what is often bad posture. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But really what we always hear about, we get a lot of runners who come to us for rowing, whether they're at a point where they're like, I don't want to run anymore, or they're just saying, I need to, I need to mix this up because now I'm realizing I can't run five days a week. It's just too much for my hips or my knees or whatever. So they add in a couple of rowing workouts, and um, I'm also a big advocate of strength training. So um, with those two other things added in, they get a better balance, and they find that they do better at everything. Mm-hmm. So they're not sacrificing their running for their rowing. Um, it, it, they actually play off of each other really, really nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I think back to, especially when I first started, I was like, oh, I don't want to cross train because I'm putting myself through so much. <laughs> I don't want to do those things, but now thinking of like, oh, a 15 minute workout, Jacqueline, like that, like, how can you blend that into your week? So much easier than what I was picturing before. Yeah. And also, um, one of the things, one of the many things I've learned as I've gotten older is that, and that I sort of wish I had known in my twenties when I was quite sure that I knew how to do everything. Um, is that mixing it up is really critical because my goal for people is that they be doing fitness, something with fitness for their entire lives. So for example, just today, I took a picture of all the women in my class this morning, all the women who are 50 plus, and there are 10 of them ranging in age from 57, I think, to 85. They're all planking. And these, they, they all get in, they all do the same workout. They can all do those same moves, but that's, and that's because they've been doing it. Some of them have been doing this for 20 years, but how many things can you do for 20 years and not pay the price? So these women have been rowing together for the last 20 years. That's that to you. me is amazing. I mean, we, we sometimes say that rowing is the fountain of youth and I really believe that's true. We have people who um, have, there's a, 
there's a guy in South Carolina who's pretty well known who he runs a gym and he got into rowing um, from having had a heart attack. And he played for the Cleveland Browns before, you know, so he has, he has all kinds of injuries and stuff that he's sort of dealing with now. Um, but rowing is total, totally body friendly. So it's something he can do. Oh my gosh, Lowell's got to be, yeah, Lowell's close to 82. So it's, it's one of the things you can do that will stay with you for the rest of your life. And I've, and like I say, the earlier you bring it in and start and balance your running or what other, whatever other high impact thing you like to do, the longer you'll be able to do all of it. Mm-hmm. And I totally appreciate, by the way, liking running. I love running yeah. too. And I used to do it all the time. I've done, um, I've never been a long distance runner outside, but I've done a lot of miles on a treadmill. Don't ask me why I like that. I know everybody thinks I'm crazy, but, um, yeah, it just, and I, I totally understand the pull of of running and, and why people love it, but you just find after a while that you can't keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of people who, um, kind of like they're just getting into fitness and sometimes Mm -hmm. we only get into fitness. I know for myself, look, I got into fitness because I wanted to lose weight. And then when that's your goal, um, you kind of give up. You're like, whatever, I don't, I, don't, I don't care about losing weight anymore. And then you don't do the fitness thing. So like, how do you see, you talked about like movement and, you know, working out and things like that. And like to, uh, until you're 80, like, mm-hmm. why do you see that as something important for people besides just weight loss? Oh my gosh. The older you get, the more you want the community of it. That's one thing. And the more you need, um, you know, I don't know how many people in your audience, you must have some who are starting to deal with menopause and stuff like that. Moving and especially strength training, actually, as you get older are absolutely essential if you want to fight off some of that menopausal weight gain that we all get. Um, Then there's the bone strength issue. You know, if you're not lifting weight, you've, your bones starts, your bones start to suffer. Um, but I really feel like as, as you're thinking about how am I going to do this going forward? I like, I know air quotes that I'm supposed to keep working out for as long as I can or whatever. I think the essential thing is to find something you really love. So like the women who come in the morning, they love the workout, but they also love each other. They've been together for such a long time. They're so devoted to each other. They would never not show up for each other. And I think, um, I think that's a fabulous thing. And I think, I think there are running clubs that do that. I think CrossFit has contributed to that hugely. CrossFit is super controversial and I totally get that. But I think they've done a lot to develop the idea of community in fitness. Um, and now we see a lot of boutique studios that do all sorts of other things that are developing that same idea of community. Um, I, and I really do feel like in this internet world, we're theoretically really well connected. But at the same time, it also allows us to be at home alone. You know, before we came on, we were talking about co-working and being yeah. at home and walls closing in and, and distractions and stuff like that. Because we don't have to go to an office anymore, it can get really, really lonely. Mm-hmm. So, um, and for me personally, my business partner who I mentioned, she passed away in November of a really bad cancer. And I've been dealing with that for the last six months um and figuring out how do i 
restart the business or not restart it. How do I keep it going? How do I shift it? How do I fully step into that lead role at the same time as I'm trying to process all my grief and because she was my best friend too and all of that, um, you know, it's really been a lot and hiding at home has been something that I could have done and might have done had it not been for the fact that these women were showing up to work out every day and like I had to be there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I cannot say enough for the value of a fitness community, you know, and actually when I moved here to Michigan, um, where I live, it was the same, it was the same thing. I joined a gym really quickly after we moved because we came because of my husband's job, not mine. And I knew I needed some kind of an anchor and the gym had become my anchor. And so I knew I needed to find a new one and I did. And it was amazing. And it's led to so many amazing things in my life since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I think that I think about that too. When we were in Atlanta, it's like, how did I make friends? I was like joining a running club mm-hmm. and us moving back to Chicago. I was like, I don't know anyone that lives here anymore. <laughs> yeah, just join. Yes, we got to get to the gym. Yeah. Yep. yeah. People. Like the, the internet, it is wonderful for this, but like, oh my gosh, to like see a person, move your body next to a person, it's a completely different experience. And to, to help each other out and that like, you know, like I said, that shared suffering, um, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a horrible workout. <laughs> yeah, three hour it's, long, long runs. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. The ties that bind, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> So I'm so curious. So you had all these different careers and you Mm. found this love. You're like at the rowing classes. What, like, how did you decide, like, I think that I can take this on as a business. Obviously it was already a business and you were like, I think that, I think I can do this. I think think I can make it better. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that confidence. You'd never done this before. (laughs) I think I have, uh, I do have sort of an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, I, I was willing to just sort of launch in and go, you know what, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out as I go along. And so when my business partner and I teamed up, she was the face of it. Cause she was, she was, um, she had built this business here locally. She had a national following, um, from having done a bunch of other stuff. She was on the U S national rowing team and, um, just, she was one of these super magnetic personalities that people just were immediately attracted to her and um, with my PR communications journalism background and stuff I knew I could help make that bigger Um, and then once we got into it my entrepreneurial side started to really catch fire I guess you'd say and I started to see ways that we could make the business bigger and take it in new areas and I definitely started to um, think about how could we make it bigger online. And that was when I teamed up with, with Joe, our coach and got some really, really great help, which by the way, anybody who wants to do business online or off needs to get a coach. I just, I can't say enough about the value of teaming up with someone who's one step ahead of you really doesn't have to be more than that. They don't have to be like, you know, making a hundred million dollars a year or something. They just need to know a little bit more than you do be able to help you along and then have with that a community of people who are more or less where you are so that you can support each other. Um, the value of that is, is absolutely huge. And you can row too would not be where it is without having had that coaching for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, um, 
I think I just saw an opportunity and I went, I'm going to go, you know, let's see what happens. It's not, you know, lives aren't hanging in the balance here. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's okay. But let's try it because it's something I love. It's, it makes a big difference in people's lives. And that's really important to me to do something that will make a difference for people. Like I don't want to just make a million dollars to make a million dollars. What's the point of that? One of my, um, one of my other business mentors, Stu McLaren likes to say more money, more impact. So, you know, the more you make, the more you can help people. And I really think that's what we're all here to do, right? We don't want to do things just for ourselves. We want to, we want to do things so that other people have it a little bit easier than we do, or we can help people not make as many mistakes as we did, or we can just give somebody a hand up. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a leap of faith is the short answer to that. <laughs> Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that that I'll hear that from people about like why they got started running or different things or changing careers that like, I'll just figure it out. I think that that mindset is like what keeps people going and like trying new things that they've never done before. And they don't have like the specific evidence that they can do it. Right. And sometimes you just have to go and, and trust that, you know, have you ever heard the expression leap and the net will appear? Mm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just go and and just know that it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to know all of your next steps. You just have to know one next step. You know, one thing I like to say to people say to people too is um, I have this like blog series that's kind of I think I've written one and there's like six of them in my head um, <laughs> called Life Lessons from Rowing, and one is that um, you don't have to feel comfortable at the catch. The catch is the very beginning of the rowing stroke where you're up close, either, either on the water or um, on the rowing machine. You're sort of all scrunched up and you're getting ready to drive your legs back down, push your legs back and actually take the stroke. Sitting at that catch position where you're all folded up is really pretty uncomfortable. Um, and, but, I, but you're just there for a second. And so I always tell people, it doesn't have to feel comfortable there because you're, you're taking all your potential energy and you're about to use it to move yourself forward. And um, I feel like that's a lesson in life too. Just, you don't have to feel comfortable all the time. If all we ever feel is comfortable, we don't make progress, right? Running isn't comfortable all the time. Business isn't comfortable all the time. Being a mom isn't comfortable all the time. That's certainly true. Um, you know, honestly, uh, weight loss, eating, nutrition, all that stuff. That's not always fun. But if you hang on through that moment of that's uncomfortable, what's on the other side is progress always in some way or another. You know, if it's even if it's just the satisfaction of having taken that leap, Mm. knowing that you did it and maybe it didn't turn out exactly the way you wanted it to, but you still know you did it. And that just gives you more strength to take the next leap. Oh, that's good. And I'm so glad you said that part too, because I think that a lot of us have this perfectionist mindset and we're like, well, look, I tried this thing and it didn't work out. So see, you were wrong. Like, see, this is why I can't take risks because it didn't work out. But it's mm-hmm. like, well, sometimes it's not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I remind myself of that Wayne Gretzky quote. I've got all these quotes in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, what does he say? You only, oh, is it the miss the hundred percent of the shots you don't take? Yeah, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's right. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. 
And I sometimes remind myself of that. I just go, you know what? Are you going to sit back and just go, oh, I didn't do it. I could have, I missed the opportunity and I didn't do it. And I, I'm not going to lie. There have been times in my life where I've done that. You know, I think we all have. And so if anybody is listening and thinking, oh man, I missed my chance to do X, Y, or Z. You didn't miss your chance because there's another one coming. Mm -hmm. if, and, and if you sit with that feeling of, oh, I missed my chance, remember what that feels like. Think about whether you want to feel that again or whether you want to feel that butterflies in your stomach, oh, I'm scared. But then the, right, the thing right after that is, oh my gosh, I did it. Mm -hmm. I just ran my first race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't get the time I wanted to, but who cares? I just ran my first race. You know, that's incredible. I just did my first CrossFit competition. I just did my first rowing competition. I just went to my first class. I had the nerve to finally walk through the door of that gym and go in and take a class. And you know what? Sometimes for people just walking through the door is the absolute hardest thing they can do. You know. I myself, especially um, in, my, in my days of weighing 50 pounds more than I do now, I have sat in my car in the parking lot at the gym and watched all these people who weighed less than I did, who were fitter than I was, and thought, I can't go in there because I'm not like them, and I'm going to be judged, and it's going to be awful. And finally, one day, I'm actually, I'm seeing this in my head as I'm mm -hmm. talking about it. Finally, one day I decided, all right, I'm sick of how I feel. I'm just going to go in and, and ask about like what it costs to join and all this kind of stuff. And this was a big, um, it was a lifetime fitness, a big one in St. Louis when I was living there. I walked in and everybody was either super nice or totally not paying attention to me at all. They were so absorbed in their own thing, headphones on, you know, they didn't care, you know? And mostly people were just really welcoming and friendly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my fear was so much greater than the reality. Like crazy. Yeah. What were you thinking was going to happen when you walked in? Oh, I thought people were going to look at me and go, look at this horrible person. She's out of shape. She's old. I wasn't that old then, but you know, she's not like us. She doesn't belong here. And like, they're going to tell me that or something. None of that happened, you know? And most of the people who were in there had either been there already or, um, like I say, they were just super welcoming and, and, or they just didn't care. Like it was totally fine. Mm -hmm. Totally fine. But I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought I was going to be judged. I had, um, it just, it was like, it was all on me and everything that I thought was wrong with me. Right. And it was nothing like that. Mm -hmm. but it's just, it, isn't that so normal? I mean, I still oh, yeah. have that now. Like uh -huh. I'll go to a conference or something and I'll walk into the room and I'll go, Oh my gosh, who am I to be in this room with all these amazing people? Because I know nothing, right? They know everything. And it turns out that's not true either. You know, we have, there's so many things we make up in our heads that we just manufacture out of our own fears and our, our insecurities and our negative stories that we tell ourselves that keep us from being and fulfilling our true potential. Mm -hmm. You need to stop that. 
I think that that's so huge too, but even just realizing that it's a story in our head that it's not, I just watched the Brene Brown special on Netflix a couple weeks ago and she was saying like one of the most powerful statements you can say is the story I'm making up in my head is mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, huh, that is just a story. And I have very little evidence to support that that is true or maybe you know like or you can do something and change whatever is about to happen but it's like yeah this the shit we say to ourselves oh my gosh i know i know and you can totally reframe it you can say okay what's what's the actual truth here is it actually true that i am like i don't know the fattest woman ever to walk into this gym no Does it, you know, is it actually true that everyone in that gym is waiting for me to walk in the door so they can laugh at me? Absolutely not. Like, you know, we just, we blow these, blow these things up to be so big in our heads. And, um, I think it really helps sometimes to just take a step back and go, um, okay, wait a minute. What do I know about myself? What do I know about my fitness? I know that I can, I can run for 20 minutes without stopping. Mm-hmm. Or that I can run for 20 minutes, running a minute on, a minute off, or whatever it is. Um, I know that I don't know. So, like, this is something that I have grappled with actually since my business partner died. I've never talked to anybody about this before. Um, but I'm not, I know that I'm not the expert in indoor rowing that she was. That's fact. She had been doing it for 40 years, I've been doing it for 10. You know, I've never been an elite on water rower. I I don't have her level of experience, but I know enough and I know that um, I can get the help I need to fill in the gaps I have. Like I have 10 master instructors who are all fabulous. They all have their own strengths too. And so I know that I can go and identify what I need from each of them to help me get to the next level, whatever that is. So it kind of goes back to that coaching thing we were talking about. Sometimes the right answer like what CEO knows everything about what their company does? None of them. That's impossible. They might know a lot about the business that that company is in, but not necessarily. Um, but what they do know is how to get the help they need. And that I think is really the key for a lot of us, right? Like um, I think about new moms, for example, who are going into online business. There's a lot of women, right? Who they have a baby and then they're, they're at home and they go, well, I'd like to do something that would allow me to stay home instead of having to go back to my office. But they really don't know quite how to get there. But it's not that they have to go and be the expert in everything. They don't, need to, they don't need to know how to build a website. There are plenty of people who can do that for you for not very much money. You don't know how to know, you don't have to know how to, um, I don't know, do the editing on a podcast, for example. There are plenty of people who will do that for you who already know how to do it. You just need to know about your thing that you're really passionate about, right? What's that one thing that you are so excited to go learn more about that you'd be perfectly happy to like stay up all night reading about it or studying it or practicing it or whatever it is? Because there's, we all have that thing that we just like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. Don't call me for dinner because I want to keep doing this, right? That's what we have to lean into. That's, that's that flow that we have to, we have to go for and try to remove as many of the distractions as we can so that we can focus on that thing that's really in our zone of genius because everything else is in somebody else's zone of genius and you need to just go hand that to them yeah let them be really awesome at it and um by the way at the same time as you're doing that you're giving somebody that hand up because you're helping somebody else 
maybe another mom. There, yeah. You know, that mom who loves to edit podcasts and you hate it or whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that, like that community, which is so important to like, like even like in any walks of life, like building that community. Cause I think a lot of us are lonely when we don't connect with people and like, and yeah. feel needed and feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And don't we all, don't we all need to be needed? I know that's so cliche, but I really think it's true. We all need somebody to just appreciate us for what we do. And honestly, I think even the lonest lone wolf still wants somebody to say, Hey, that was amazing. Thanks for helping me. Um, you know, great job. Yeah, definitely. So to help other people feel that way, I think is a great thing. Yeah. So I want it with that, so I have a lot of people that will tell me I'm so afraid to go to my first 5k because I, um, I think that everyone, like, I think that we have this picture in their head of like who a runner, like what a runner's body looks like. Oh, They're yeah. like, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to fit the mold. I'm going to be too big. I'm going to be too slow. I'm going to be walking and everyone's going to be running. And so like, if someone were to walk into a rowing class, mm -hmm. What can they expect? What would they expect? Um, like the the ages, the bodies, the people. Like who? Like, is it just? Are these Olympic athletes? <laughs> no. <the> <laughs> yeah. Not not if you come to a class that I've had anything to do with it. That you can row too has had anything to do with. Our tagline actually is rowing for everybody because mm -hmm. it really is um, a sport that is for people of all ages, sizes, shapes, abilities. Um, it is amazing the kinds of people you see on the rowing machine. Um, they are, they can be younger, they can be much older. Like our oldest athlete is 85. Um, I mean, she's just incredible. Like we all want to be Lou when we grow up. Um, they can be, um, it, it's a big sport for um, adaptive athletes. So um, you get people who uh, row only trunk and arms. So they, they're just swinging their hips and pulling on the handle okay. because they're not using their legs because they're in a wheelchair or they don't have legs or whatever it is, or they have fused ankles, for example, um, because they have rheumatoid arthritis or I don't know, whatever. Um, it's a sport that is total body and non-impact. So it's very friendly to people with... Um, hip issues, knee issues, back issues, um, people who are overweight or who are um, recovering from having had a baby or something like that. We've also done a lot of work with Special Olympics and um, Special Olympics athletes love the rowing machine. They love the repetitive nature of the stroke. They love to see the, the numbers on the monitor change. They, they just love focusing in on that. Um, and man, let me tell you, um, the look on people's on those athletes faces when they start to realize that they're actually doing it mm -hmm. and that they're you know they're pushing pulling on the machine is actually generating power and generating a change on the monitor oh my gosh that is just the best i i just live for those moments and really honestly those moments in anybody because we get people who too who say i thought i was never going to be able to work out again um from all the way from like wounded warriors who say that, who say I lost my legs and I didn't think I was going to be able to get in a competitive environment again, um, to people who are, have a significant amount of weight to lose, for example. And they just say, I didn't think I was going to be able to find anything that I could even do, um, that would 
help me lose weight, an environment that, it, that would be accepting of me, um, something where I could keep up, right? So back to that discussion about the mile run in school, why did I hate that so much? Partly because like I would get lapsed some years. How embarrassing yeah. is that? Horrible. But on the rowing machine, everybody's doing the same thing and everybody can keep up and, and nobody is paying attention. They can't even really see it anyway. Nobody's paying attention to how many, how far, how many meters everyone else is going. You're just, you're just doing your thing. Everybody's rowing together, right? It's one of the reasons too that usually our workouts are for time. So instead of saying you're going to row X distance, okay. you're going to row a minute or you're going to row two minutes. So everybody finishes at the same time. And that's a really big deal because, um, you know, especially because of my background, because I've been there, I'm really sensitive to anybody getting lapped, anybody getting left behind. That is just not okay. That's not what we're about in this sport. Mm -hmm. It's rowing for everybody. That's huge. Yeah. It just, it removes so much of the stigma that someone might feel like in like, oh gosh, this isn't for me. This isn't for my body. Like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. I actually can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, am, I just feel so strongly about that because there aren't very many activities, many fitness activities that are like that. You know, people get, in a lot of other things, people get left behind a lot. And um, I really feel that we need to have something that is by its very nature inclusive. And granted, if you're looking for a workout that will absolutely kick your butt and, and you know, leave you dying on the floor, this is also for you. <laughs> like. I like to say that rowing meets you where you are and it takes you as far as you want to go. So, you know, if you're a CrossFitter and you want to work out that will absolutely kill you, you know, I can definitely assign you that workout. Um, but I, you know, as I've gotten older, as our population is, is getting older, we're all getting older, right? The older we get, the more aches and pains we have, you know, we need something that will allow us to keep going with what we love to do. And mix in some other stuff that will allow us to do that for even longer. And who knows, maybe that other stuff that you mix in will become the thing you love, which is true in my case of rowing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So there you go. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I just started CrossFit classes last week, and it was maybe I, I had been on a rowing machine um, before at an F45 gym, but no one mm -hmm. ever taught me what to do. <laughs> so I showed up at the class and um, the coordination is not my thing, which is why okay. running is good for me. Yeah. But, but also, no, it's good to do things that you're not good at because right. otherwise you don't ever get better at it. But like right. the, yeah, it was very powerful to actually figure out how to do it. And then also, like you said, to see the numbers going up, I don't enjoy looking at numbers. I don't enjoy looking at my running time, but like to see like, oh my gosh, like this is how many meters, like kind of just picturing that or mm -hmm. um, like, that's pretty cool. And it's yeah, like, like, I'm actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. So I want to tie this up with, so I know you have some things for runners if they want to get started in rowing. So mm -hmm. why, so again, why would this be good for someone that maybe is already running or is getting started in running and like, what could they expect? Like, how will this help them? So um, rowing is great for runners because it works a lot of the same muscles, but it works them differently. So it, you know, it's not exactly the same motion, 
But um, once you get your technique right, which I'm, I'm glad you mentioned technique, because that's actually a really key point. Um, if you're just getting on and you're just sort of grabbing the handle and going, um, you may not get the benefit out of it, to put it diplomatically, that you might otherwise. Um, it's actually, as with anything else, I mean, you know, you wouldn't do a deadlift or a squat or even run without at least paying a little bit of attention to how am I supposed to be doing this, right? Because you're, you're afraid you're going to get hurt um, or you may get hurt and you just want to make sure you're getting the most benefit out of it that you can. Well, the same is true for running. Sorry, for rowing. Um, I knew I was going to make that mistake somewhere in this hour. <laughs> um, but it is really great cross training. Um, it, it gives you, obviously, it's that break from the pounding, whether it's on the treadmill or outside. Sometimes you just need to give your joints a break. Um, but this way you can sort of keep yourself moving in the right direction by um, adding in some rowing and it's variety, right? And, and I mean, I can't do anything every day of the week, week after week and not finally get sick of it, no matter how varied the workout might be. Um, you know, you just, you need to switch it up for your brain too. And then the last reason is that um, row, uh, rowing, because it's a total body exercise also hits your upper body whereas running obviously doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's that posture support too that we mentioned before. Yeah. That can help you, you know, get your back straighter. Mm -hmm. Love it. Cool. So if people want to find out more about rowing or connect with you, where is the best spot to find you? You can find me at youcanrow2.com and that's U-C-A-N-R-O-W and the number two.com. And um, really quickly, I just wanted to mention too that um, we've got a quick start guide for runners who want to be rowers. And um, we'll link that up in the show notes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Runners who want to be rower rowers. I can say that. Running for rowers. I know. I keep tripping <laughs> over it. <laughs> yeah. I like that. No, I'm so excited for that. Yep. All of those links will be in the show notes for people to check out. Thank you so much today. It was awesome to chat. Oh, it was so fun. Thanks for having me. Hey, quick heads up that the Imperfect Eating Facebook group is growing and it's so exciting. Every Friday I do a live training in there uh, based on your questions. So we cover different topics like stress eating, emotional eating. And so you're going to want to be a part of this Facebook group if you are saying things like, oh my gosh, I'm still struggling with stress eating or I just love food too much. I can't do a diet because I love it too much and I just eat constantly or, you know, how do I know when enough is enough? I, I eat and then I go overboard. Or, you know, I can do all or I can do nothing. I can be strict or it's well, well, less. But, like, what does balance actually look like? So if these are things that you're struggling with, definitely check out the show links, live trainings every single Friday at 12 p.m. And then you can submit your questions, something you're struggling with. Can't wait to meet you in there. Take care.